All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 509 Sports 1440. <laughs> Welcome back. How are you? On a Thursday afternoon, the Gregor Show. Alongside uh, Connor Halley, as always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, lots of uh, texts coming in from uh, people who ate the worm, and most of them saying, honestly, didn't notice much of a difference. But then again, you didn't get to the worm till the, at the bottom of the bottle, so by then you were done anyway. <laughs> it's probably fair. So that'd be the question, Ed, and and the other uh, uh, people who tried the worm. Why not? Why not just fish it out early? Start the evening that way. Because you know why. Because I think most people needed to drink the entire bottle before they'd have the courage to eat it. I never did, so I respect those who did. But it's never my style. Couldn't uh, couldn't convince myself to do it. And I also didn't drink a lot of tequila anyway. So let's get to the spec report. Brought to you by GS Construction. As a man, they are gearing up for another busy season in their fiftieth year as a company. Perfect time for you. To go apply, go to Indeed.com. They got lots of jobs up top women, top men, pipe layers, laborers, you name it. They have it at GS Construction and Indeed.com. As uh, Mark Spector joins us. Speck, did you ever try the worm at the bottle of a tequila bottle? Well, I have had the worm at the bottom of a tequila bottle at some point, yeah, in my life. Um, never the first drink of the night, usually well into the night i think it's kind of gross to drink insects but um <laughs> it's probably not the stupidest thing i ever did what about you <laughs> uh no no i never tried it actually so uh did you my question was though when you tried it did you because the myth was always oh man if you eat the worm you're gonna get so buckled did it actually was that true or by then nah. were you already buckled enough no. that you wouldn't notice 
No, I don't think it's like no, I don't think that it is like okay because the you know it's it soaks up lots of booze, but how much kind of stupid mezcal worms soak up? Let's face it, right? No. So, nah, no, okay. it's just a myth. What about the toe? What about that drink in Alaska where that guy's toes in it? Oh yeah, no, no, uh, no, thanks. Right? No, you're not doing that one. No, I don't. No, I don't think I would. No, I'm not. I, what, but you know what? Like, <laughs> I really haven't. I don't like feet. So yeah, I'm definitely not. I'd probably be. I'd probably be like. No, nah, no, that's not uh, that's not happening for me. Um, but uh, you know who you know who could use the worm to give them a little spice in their life right now, Spec the uh, the Edmonton Orders penalty kill, which is uh, which is uh, on life support. All of a sudden, uh, here's my favorite stat: in eleven in the last eight games, they've allowed eleven goals on the penalty kill. That's exact same amount they allowed in the previous thirty two games. So it has, wow. it's been a major, they have the most goals five on five in the league since coming out of the all-star break. Like I know, you know, we can focus on the second period, sure, but the penalty kill is flat out crushing them. Knobloch even said it after the game uh, yesterday, like, and, you know, be, and the game yesterday wasn't lost on the penalty kill. I know they only allowed one, uh, but they didn't score power play. We can get into that later. But, you know, you look at their penalty kill spec and, you know, hesitating, their D-men aren't getting out. They're giving up way more shots, like way more shots than they were before. So it's not a surprise, but the key is, they gotta, they gotta figure it out quickly. They can't let this drag on for, for weeks on end. Otherwise, they're just gonna be a 500 team. Yeah. And I mean, last night was a good example. The, the power play goal was just a long drifter from the point, a wrist shot that Skinner somehow never found. It looked like he could see it. Obviously, he couldn't because it was a shot that like, I can shoot that hard. It wasn't a hard, it wasn't like a Bouchard wrist shot. It was just a, a little, you know, softball. So, Obviously, he's screened. Uh, those are crappy goals. When like that's not even a scoring chance. That goal they had some no. scoring chances on the power play. Boston did for sure, and and you can be the judge if you thought they had too many. I mean, every power play against you, know, every team's got a good power play. Yeah, they're going to get some chances. That's the deal on a power play. Yeah, you're not, not going to hold them chanceless. Yeah, the one that went in last night was not even a scoring chance, and there's your goal. So, not only have the Oilers' power play has it not been good enough. Now it's getting crappy luck too, which tends to go hand in hand. Yeah, well, I look at um, you know last night's spec, and and really the uh, you know as as poorly as they played for certain stretches, then they came back, they tie it four four, then Evander Kane makes a bad play, Pasternak makes it five five, they come right back, and Hyman ties it. Then they get a penalty that I'm telling every order fan, you cannot say the orders don't get a call because I'm sorry, with 20 seconds left in the game, that was a call that if it would have went against the orders, they'd be freaking out today, ripping on the referees. Let's be honest. That was, I couldn't believe they gave, I, I was, I was, yeah, was, there was no play there. Like it wasn't going anywhere, but it went to Edmonton and they, they could have won the game on a four on three for a buck 40. And I know they had some chances, but. You know, the Canes mistakes, definitely bad decisions, fatigued, whatever, at the end of the shift. That power play not being able to bury it was another kind of crushing blow for this team because their power play is only 19% since the All-Star break. Yeah, and I think we've, you know, we've seen that power play four on three in overtime. They yes. won the game in Montreal. They won the game against Detroit. Um, I think there's another in there. Usually that four on three scores. Yes. You know, give Swayman credit. Oh, he did. Swayman didn't have much better night than Skinner had. Last no, night. no, he wasn't that good. 
No. And Buddy came up in overtime. And give Skinner credit. When that penalty ended, he faced a breakaway from a guy with pretty silky mitts. And one thing Van Riemsdyk can do is score a breakaway. Yep. And Skinner stopped them. So both guys gave you what they could give you. Uh, you know, it's hey, listen, it's just it was the old. It was one of those games, man. The pucks were going in, deflections, goofy things were happening. Giant comeback. I, I kind of feel like Jay. I kind of feel like if you want to get negative about that game, we could sit here for two hours. But I kind of feel like you're down four to one to a really good team. You got a point. Uh, you could well have had two if your power play delivered. But I think it's kind of glass half full. They didn't play very good. They rescued a point. Let's just move on and say play better next time. <laughs> I, I kind of I can see that right because I didn't. You know that it was it was an odd game, no question, right? And. Um... But they, uh, they, they managed to get a, a point and, and down the stretch, every point matters. There's, there's no debate on that. So, you know, that, that's a benefit to them. But I, I just, yeah. you know, their penalty kill has been an issue for seven straight games. We can't lie. I know last night was, but it was still 50%, right? And, and here's the scary part, Spec. They're not taking any penalties, right? Like they, in, in five of those games, they've only been penalized twice. Two other times, three times. You had the one anomaly against St. Louis, and funny enough, that was the game that it was technically their best penalty kill night because they killed off 75% of it. The other games, it's one on two, two out of three, like awful. So that's the scary part is Edmonton's not even being undisciplined, but their penalty kill right now is so bad that they're automatically before the game starts right now, they're down one nothing and all it's, and sometimes two nothing just because you know you're going to give up two goals in the penalty kill. Well, and, and their power play used to win that um, battle. You know, certainly last year was they won the power the the special teams battle almost every night because they had the best power play in the history of hockey. Mm-hmm. It's still a good power play, but it's not as good as it was. Yeah, right. For whatever reason, it's not. You know, it's you're not going to be the best in the world two years in a row. It's still an excellent power play, but it's not tipping the scales the way it did last year. So now the PK becomes you know. The the power play isn't out isn't saving the PK's rear end, and I'm not sure that this PK can be saved right now. So, you know what? It's uh, I I don't hold a lot of I don't have a ton of fear here. It's the same guys that had an excellent PK for about two and a half months. It's the same goalie uh, that was the best guy on that PK for about two and a half months. I tend to think these guys are going to find themselves here pretty quick, don't you? I don't think it's a strategy thing. I don't think it's a, it's you know, oh, they're deploying it the wrong way or they don't have the guys. I think they have the guys. Don't they have the guys? What do you think? Um, yeah. Uh, although, um, you know, I, I look at, I, and I, I'm not so. I would still, I could tweak their penalty kill if I'm being honest. I don't. Um, I, I get the strategy of having a lefty and a righty centerman for sure, um, but I, I could. I could. I think there's guys they could upgrade if they wanted to. That can. That can upgrade not just your penalty kill, but they can upgrade you on what they're going to bring five on five for your team. And if that's better, a lot of the other times, then you know it kind of leaks into your to your better game uh, on the penalty kill as well. Sometimes, like to me, it wasn't a surprise when the Oilers' penalty kill was great. Their five on five defense was great, right? And and I think there's like the confidence it does bleed and it carries over into the other elements. And right now their penalty kill is really struggling. Their five on five is not terrible defensively. I think they've uh, they're they're ranked 14th in in goals against five on five since uh, since Christmas. So not awful, but not great. 
uh, or maybe it's 16th, one of the two, kind of middle of the pack. But they were elite for mm. for three months, Beck, almost. Right? So maybe it's unfair to think they're going to be elite. Like, I don't expect their penalty kill to be 89% the whole year. Like, there's only three teams that are even above 84% all year. So, right. you know, but you just, you can't go from 89 to 54 overnight. <laughs> Well, it's an inconsistency that that good teams don't do. Like all the any element of a, of a good team, the you know the the it's not a roller coaster. It's not a way up and way down thing. The good team keeps the the median line high, and they just go a little bit above and a little bit below, and that's what good teams do. That's why they're good teams. So that tells you they got something to work on here. This PK has been has been very volatile. It's either great or it's awful. I'd just rather have one that's good enough all the way through, right? You can't have this kind of up and down. And and I guess, you know, it's it's like one thing Knobloch's done really well here, Jay. I was talking to Warren Fogel about this today. He's really cracked the nut of including the entire team and engaging his third line, fourth line guys and making them feel like they're part of this thing. And a big reason he's done it is he's pulled his top guys off the PK mm-hmm. and he's replaced it with bottom guys. He's given them responsibility. He's put, you know, third and fourth line guys on that PK now. And, you know, what's your solution in it without trading for people? Are you a better PK if dry settle goes back on? No. Well, now you know, maybe you have another problem. Yeah. Maybe you have another problem. No, I wouldn't do that. No, I, w- I would keep him off. I don't like that either. No, no, I wouldn't do it. Uh, Nugent Hopkins didn't skate again today, spec. Um, what's your thoughts on him playing tomorrow? Well, who knows? He's sick, you know. So when you're sick, who can say? Like we've, there's one thing we can relate to. I've never torn an ACL, knock wood. I've never ripped an Achilles, knock wood. We've all been sick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you don't know how you're gonna feel tomorrow until you wake up, man. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, right? You, you, I, there's no way to predict. He's such a. It, it's kind of funny when you watch an other team without Nuge, right? All of a sudden, you see some. It's almost like you notice him more. <laughs> you know, he does so many things. He's really turned into a, a jack of all trades and an and above average level of every one of those trades. He's he's such a sublime good player. Uh, not the first overall that maybe you thought you might get 120 points and leading the scoring race and all that. He's not that guy. No. But, man, he's a savvy power play guy. He's a solid PK guy. He's good at even strength. Like Makes your team better, boy. Uh, you mentioned Warren Fogle. Nugent Hopkins comes back. Do you automatically put him there, or would you would you keep Fogle there for a game or two because he's rolling and, and experiment with Nugent Hopkins somewhere else? Yeah, I, I think that to take Fogle off that line after the game he had last night would be, um, you know, I don't think that would be right. I think that he's earned another start there. Okay. I think you find a way, you know, figure out what you do with Nuge. Because you got to get him back in when he's ready to play. He plays. Yeah, but I don't think it should be at Fogel's expense. No. Yeah. Okay. Spec, we'll see you at the rink Who tomorrow. You take out. Uh, well, Gagne's coming out when when uh, Nugent Hopkins comes back in, and then it's just a matter of which lines are going to go where, right? Um, okay. I could, you know, you could, uh, you know, is, is it Kane, um, Perry, and and Drysaddle? Is it Nugent? I, you know, I wouldn't mind trying Nugent Hopkins with uh, um, with Corey Dreisaitl. Perry. And uh, and leave Kane with uh, with Dries because Kane and Nugent Hopkins, you know, both of them are probably better as the lefties. So uh, I would just try Nugent Hopkins maybe I'm at gonna, center. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this and let you go because I know we're out of time. I wrote a piece today on Connor Brown, 
And uh, one of the things I settled on in my own head was when they make a trade here, when Ken Holland makes a trade, he's probably going to have to trade out a $700,000, $900,000 guy, mm-hmm. right, to make things work. Yeah. Who's the first guy off the Oilers roster that goes? Is it Gagne or is it Brown? Gagne. As a forward. Gagne. It's Gagne? For me, yeah. Gagne doesn't kill penalties. Who would it be for you? Yep. Well, I feel I feel this. I hate to say it because <laughs> you know we all like Sam. Oh, right. Yeah, he's it's nothing. Guy. It's nothing he's personal. It's nothing personal against him at all. Like he's he's a I great know, human being. Yeah. I think a lot of other fans would say Brown because they're thinking with their hearts. I think you and me are thinking with our heads, uh, and I probably agree with you. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll we'll see what they do. There might be two guys gone if they could uh, if they could bring in two. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. And then the second one, I could easily like Brown. You know, like look again last night. The guy had some good opportunities, but oh my goodness, like few times. Once he gets in the scoring range, right now, Specky's got zero confidence. Like you can tell, like he no. he's just shooting to get it away. No. He's not shooting to score. So. You know, he's, no. he's probably got to get like a Yanmark yeah, goal off his chest or knee or something. And heck, the next time the orders know. have an empty net, like Warren Fogle talked about it. Warren Fogle a few years ago, one game Glenn Galdson coached, put Fogle hadn't scored in 22 games his first year in Edmonton. He scored an empty net goal. He scored two goals the next game. Uh, Fogle had gone through a little bit of a rut here, hadn't scored much, scored an empty net goal, scored two goals last night. Right? Even though it's an empty net goal, I know people scoff at it. Don't ever scoff at an empty net goal. It matters to guys when you don't <laughs> score. It does. And I'm telling yeah. you, the next time, if, yeah. if, if Connor Brown is good enough to be on the penalty kill, I would put him on the ice for every five-on-four situation that the orders are in now where the other team pulls their goalie, thinking that maybe he can get a goal and see. Because why not? Ryan McLeod scored an empty net goal in Winnipeg, didn't want to celebrate, then he went on a heater. Fogel scores an empty net. Evander Kane earlier this year, it went a while, he didn't score. Guys get a cheap one. It's never cheap for your confidence. Because all you say is, all right, I scored. You don't tell yourself I scored an empty net goal. You tell yourself you scored. And it's a big oh. psyche change. And this guy. Oh, this guy, he's I, I Maddie and I talked to him, Jay, for you know, fifteen minutes and like he's I give him credit because he's doing he's believes in himself, he won't waver, he's he's he, holding on to his confidence like a guy hanging from the ledge of a twenty story building here. <laughs> you know, he he's wants to believe in himself and yeah. all those things. Like I give him credit. He's not quitting, man. He is not quitting. I said to him, you came here to play big games and play in the playoffs. They might trade you. What do you think about that? And he said, that'd be a mistake because my best hockey's ahead of me. And I thought, you know what? Good for you, man. That's what you should say. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> it's very fair. Speck, have a good yeah. one. Appreciate it. All right. There you go. It's uh, Mark Specker, right, the uh, Speck Report, brought to you by GS Construction. Uh, we'll return. The host of the uh, basketball show joins us next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, we'll also hear from uh, the head coach, of the orders, uh, Chris Knobloch, on uh, what he's looking for tomorrow night when they play the Wild, who are suddenly in the playoff picture. Welcome back. Sports 1440. Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We're getting the game, baby. Lots of action tonight. 11 games on the skid, so you can uh, do some parlay if you like. Individual uh, player props and more. Check it out at PlayAlberta.ca. If you've never used it, use the uh, promo code SPORTS50 and get a free $50 wager. Time now to go uh the uh, basketball report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where the rates never change. If all of a sudden furnace conks out, doesn't matter what time of day, call them. They'll come fix it. 
No overtime charges. That's how you build a legacy at LegacyHeating.ca. As uh, Paul Sir, host of the basketball show here on Sports 1440, Saturdays 10 until noon, joins us. And, uh, Paul, here's the thing that, I, that I'm perplexed by people. Why do people get upset because the All-Star game isn't competitive? Who cares? Why does the All-Star game have to be competitive? Well, it never really has been. I, I agree with you. Uh, this year was a new low. Uh, because the score was so high, but like you said, it's basically fluff. And so, why you're right? Like, if you, that that's a good that's a good time to take a break from watching NBA basketball. And and there was some compelling theater uh, during the All Star break anyway, with the shootout between Curry and Ionescu. That was that was worth the weekend to me. So, totally in agreement with you. It's just fluff. What are you going to do about it? All of a sudden, throw a lot of money at it so it matters, and then some superstar tears his knees out or tears a knee out in an all-star game because he's trying too hard. Really, it's just a break. See, I, I kind of like that. I was watching guys drain threes easily from distance all over the court, like Damian Lillard. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, he, you know, early on, and then you had uh, uh, the Pacer guy whose name's escaping me. Uh, you know, he was killing it early on. I kind of like that. I just, you know what? I don't need to see guys, you know, post up, dribble, uh, play a screen. You see that all year long. I kind of like to see guys just shooting from everywhere. It was to me. Because it's supposed to be a, a fun game. Now, I'm curious because a lot of people, what was so intriguing about the uh, the Curry-Ionescu that was different than the actual three-point competition? Well, first of its kind, uh, ma- uh, male against female, uh, and her uh, Ionescu agreeing to shoot from the NBA three-point line. I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to steal the idea for the... FIBA 3x3 uh, event we're going to hold host this summer, Jason. I mean, no new ideas here, but we're going no other no other uh, events of our kind host a, th- a women's three point shootout. So we're going to do the three point shootout for men. Then we're going to do the, w- the one for the women, and then we're going to have the winner of both face off and uh, and uh, have a, have a shoot off that way, and we'll double the prize money for the winner of that one. So. Uh, it's already spawned a good idea for us. And so I just thought it was a lot of fun. And Ionescu can just shoot it. She is so gifted and so talented. And she stood in there and it took uh, the greatest three-point shooter of all time, uh, everything, to beat her in a, in a really compelling matchup, I thought. Yeah, man, Damian Little, I was watching him in the three-point thing, too. That guy can still absolutely crush it, too. So it was... Uh, oh, my God. Like, the, the three-point yeah. shooting now has become... like the. They got to get some of the best guys in the dunks is uh, is what I think. Oh, yeah. Right. Like they're the, the dunk competition. Like, you know, you're getting no offense to G League guys and whatever. But, um, you know, there are some really highly skilled NBA stars. You put them in the dunk competition. They're really athletic. I think we could uh, we could see some fireworks again. And, you know, you used to have Dominique and MJ and lots of the superstars were in it. So uh, I wonder if we see that, um, you know, like the NHL skills competition uh, this year was probably one of the best ones they ever had. And they had all the best players in it. It's not a shock to me when you put the best players in it like you had the best shooters in the three-pointer that's why it was exciting so put the best athletic guys and there's lots of can dunk put them in the dunk competition totally agree uh name recognition is much more valuable in the dunk competition than the dunks a g league guy who's won it two years in a row he's a great dunker nobody you know he disappears now back into the g league nothing wrong with that but it's not to watch the dunks it's watch watching who dunks 
Dominique, like you mentioned, MJ, Dr. J, well, you know, people say the first one ever to dunk from the free throw line. Well, he was two feet inside the free throw line, but it was still groundbreaking. But it was Dr. J. So I, I agree with you. Much more compelling with the big names. Uh, Paul, I, I saw that um, the commissioner was talking about they're, they're looking to want to change some, some ideas about how they're developing players in the U.S., right? Like there's, there's lots more international players. You look just at the MVP race. You got uh, Jokic and, of course, uh, Gilgis Alexander, Antetokounmpo, uh, Donich, uh, uh, you know, there's Sabonis. There's not as many Americans at the top. There's there's probably, uh, well, Embiid for sure. You know, maybe Durant, right, uh, would be in there. Tatum potentially. You know, I don't think Steph Curry's a real MVP candidate. He's obviously the best shooter in the game, but I don't think he's an MVP candidate. So wh- what do you make of Curry and, or not, sorry, the uh, the commissioner and his views on them trying to maybe change the system of uh, basketball in the U.S. and how they develop players? Well, uh, my my response is, what took you so long? Uh, this has been coming on for 25 years. There's a reason why Doncic, who showed how unathletic he was at the end of the All-Star game. I don't know if you saw that at the end when he went in and tried to dunk, and it was ugly. Uh, but you've got, you've, got, uh, you've got guys that learn how to play the game over in Europe in a much more a fulsome way than they do in the U.S. and to a certain extent in Canada. The, they learn the fundamental skills, the way they're taught. They do not have an AAU system and a club system over in, in Europe. And I'll use Europe for an example, Jason. They've got, they've got their club system set up so that you practice more than you play. So you're practicing more in the traditional way, three, four, five times a week, playing one or two games a week, that means something as opposed to the AAU style, which is weekend after weekend after weekend of playing six to 15 games on the weekend, no practice or one practice, and then you go play again. You're not building fundamental skill sets because uh, we had a good conversation last week on the basketball show uh, with one of our guests, Kyle Macy, a great player from Kentucky, and he talked about it. it. Kids are more athletic. They can they handle the ball better. They're faster. They jump higher. All those things. They don't play the game better. And yeah. this is an example of that. You've mm-hmm. got foreign players that just their basketball IQ is much higher for the best players than than it is for the American players. Uh, Canada is is considered an international team in that regard, right? Like Canada is a little bit advanced. Are are we falling into that trap, or because we're seeing a lot of the young Canadians, are we are we one the Americans could even look at how we develop players? We're more American than we are European yeah. in how we develop players. Uh, Gilgis Alexander is an anomaly uh, because, like you and I have talked about it on the show, he he doesn't play the analytics to the analytics uh, tune. Yeah. He plays the mid range game. He plays he plays a more balanced, intelligent game. He's a really brilliant player. Yeah, more European. Most Canadian players are more American okay. than they are than they are European. So even us, so if, if you were in charge of it, how, how could Canada do it themselves? What do we need to do better as far as development to improve kind of the, uh, the, the on-court awareness and basketball sense of young basketball players? Well, I remember, and this goes back 23 years ago, uh, Steve and I were in a shopping mall down in, the, in Minneapolis, and we ran into a, a young man who was in high school at the time named Cameron Taylor, out of Wisconsin. And he was the number one ranked fifth grader in the United States when he was young. 
the reason I use that as an example is the hype is insane with all of the for-profit clubs and tournaments that are just permeating the U.S. and Canadian basketball landscape. Okay. If we really, if we really want to do this seriously, like the commissioner's commissioner is suggesting, there's no magic formula. You've got to practice, learn your. You got to practice more than you play games, and you've got to learn your fundamentals, and you've got to learn how to play. And you can only do that in practicing, and then integrating that into a game strategy, not just playing games. So you really would have to deal with the for-profit structure that we have, the, the entrepreneurial structure that we have in North America, because that doesn't exist in the same way at all. Okay. Uh, it, it happens in Europe, but over here, it's, it's what drives development. Mm. All right. Okay. Um, what's coming up on the show this weekend? We have a, a, a really unique interview uh, that I recorded yesterday with the new Minister of Tourism and Sport in Alberta, uh, the Honorable Joseph Scow, who is 6'10". There's not many 6'10 ministers in any level of government in Canada, <laughs> but uh, he, he played uh, basketball at uh, UFC in Dalhousie, and he played professionally. He was an interpreter for the Russian Olympic team in the 2012 Olympics. He has a tremendous ba basketball background. So we talk about his background and we talk about sport in Alberta and Alberta government funding, which is a very timely topic given the premier's address last night. And then as well, I've got the great Jack Armstrong on for two segments in the second hour. And we're going to do a deep dive into all the goings on with the Raptors and in the NBA. Awesome, Paul. We look forward to it Saturday, 10 a.m. until noon right here on Sports 1440. It's a basketball show with Paul Sir. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Jason. There you go. That's uh, Paul Sir from Sports 1440. Interesting to see, you know, what, um, you know, the, the for-profit thing. Are, have we have we missed a little bit of the, if it's about development or if it's about just making money, right? And more practice leads to better players. That's just a fact. I get that the games are fun, so then you got to make your practice fun, right? You can incorporate games. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
teams in your practice for sure. So how do you do it? Quick break. We'll come back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, go uh, in the room here from uh, Coach and more on the Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 547. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley. Sports 1440. Greg's show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We'll get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. They're finally they're back home in action at the Grand Fear Arena on Saturday night. Get your tickets at SpruceGroveSaints.ca. And uh, our big guest today, of course, is the uh, head coach of the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers. And you know what? Uh, after a night's sleep, uh, you know, he, he just talked about... You know, last night, hey, now you, you, you can look back. Or is it, are you happy they got a point? Uh, are you disappointed? Uh, how do you, after a night's rest, view last night? Anytime it goes into overtime, um, we're never happy unless we get to the second one. Um, it's always a little bit of disappointment. Um, we had a chance in the power play to get the two points, and the power play had some really nice looks. You know, Leon had two really good shots there. Bush had um, a good two shots one that just missed the net so you know and their goalie came up big with some saves but uh, there was our chance to win it and I thought we had our looks unfortunately didn't go in like the uh, previous game um, or two two games ago but um, you know there were some things that we liked and some things that we need to get better at and uh, the, how concerned is he of the fact that every game since the All-Star break, where before the Oilers never gave up three goals a game. Now, all of a sudden, they've allowed three goals in all eight games. Is he concerned? Yeah, for the most part, I think of those eight games, five-on-five play with the chances that we've given up, um, it's been adequate, not high. Probably two of them definitely could be better. The game against Boston definitely needed to be better. Um, you have to respect the opposition and what they provide and how they get their offense. But, um, yeah, good teams always are able to keep the puck out of the net. And um, we just got to get a little bit better at that. And that's, you know, whether you're getting a, an extra save, uh, staying on the box, getting an extra kill, and then just clamping down five on five. Now, the one thing I'll say, I, I can't be too concerned about the orders. Like, other than the St. Louis game when they had eight trips to the penalty box, the other seven games, they either had two or three. And it was two five times. So in their other seven games, they've only taken 16 minor penalties as far as what that resulted in you being shorthanded. <laughs> I, you know, when you're just slightly above two per game, like I, I don't, I don't think penalties have been uh, the issue. Now killing them off has been the issue, but taking penalty, if you're taking two penalties a game on average, man, you'd be doing cartwheels, right? Like I'm trying to, let, let's look at the, the least penalized team right now. In the National Hockey League, if I go through it uh, per team, and I'm just going to pull it up here uh, as we're talking because I don't have that one uh, memorized. I look at a lot of stats. I don't remember that one. But um, so if we're looking at uh, the fewest is 2.65, that's the St. Louis Blues. Right now, the orders needed to go down, right? They're still at 3.34, which is seventh most in the NHL. So they could, but lately they've actually done it. I know the one game against St. Louis probably skews those numbers a little bit because they took eight. But, you know, in 70 the other eight games, you've only taken a total of 16. That's that's really good. You you know, like if that continues, I think it's good. Hey, Gregor, why isn't there a hard cap in the playoffs? You can't start playoffs with the player you traded for, your players plus your returning guys. At the very least, have a heavy luxury tax if you carry extra money. What's your $83 million payroll lineup come game one and you got to stick to it? 
Well, you're not going to have to stick to it, large forward. Like, why does? What if you get a guy hurt, right? And now Vegas, just so you know, when they won the cup last year, their game day roster was cap compliant. It was under the cap. Now they had a few guys sitting in the press box, but Phil Kessel didn't play. What did he play? Two, three games, and he wasn't making much money anyway. So there, there actually were. Um, I don't, I don't, because first of all, it doesn't have like Mark Stone, yes. Um, Kucherov, yes. The Kucherov one was probably a little bit more, uh, damning. Did he, did they both have legit surgeries? 100%. Did they delay the return a week or two? Without a doubt, they did. So I, I think that's an easy way to do it is just say, okay, you're, uh, you're 20, you're 20 player roster, which still gives a little breathing room to a team. Cause most guys, you know, most teams, you know, they're 21st and 22nd player on league minimum salaries. Go around the league and look, right? So, you know, your seventh defenseman, whatever. I'm not going to get my nose up in a joint like, oh, that seventh guy, man, he doesn't count against a cap. Now they're way better. Probably not. So I, that I could live with. And I think it's an easy transition to do for the league and just say, okay, your 20-man roster has to be cap compliant. You're going to have 30 guys on your team because you're carrying black aces. The black aces shouldn't count. Of course not. But if you want to play certain guys... That's how you have to do it. I'd be all for that. I think that would be great. And it would be an easy solution to do. So I won't argue with that on doing it. Uh, The NHL should do it. Do I think they'll do it? Probably not. Why? Because it's the NHL. And they have a few head-scratching decisions. No question. 553, hope you had yourselves a wonderful day. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to B-I-E-E-N-G.com. Have a great night. Here's Connor Halley. We're out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.